Hey there guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 110. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Today, we're going to be talking about Chia, the Mario movie, E3 2023, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Across the Spider-Verse, Mandalorian Season 3, and more. So first, we're going to head into our recent activities, which include Chia and the Mario movie, and I will let Damien take it first, because he's got the games, and I got the uh, media, I guess movie shows whatever <laughs> all right so um yeah i guess let's talk about chia first uh I, you know I, I don't have a lot here uh mostly because i think there's like the last month before things get crazy with game releases so i mm-hmm. wanted to do like some smaller things some indie stuff that i've been maybe miss out on and stuff uh, like i still want to do pizza tower because i heard a lot of good things about that but um yeah so chia is a open world game and you might have seen this in a few places and showcases and stuff. It, it basically looks like Breath of the Wild. Oh, it doesn't look like it, but it borrows a lot of similar gameplay mechanics from that game. Um, it has, like, the possession mechanic, you know, very Mario Odyssey and stuff. So, you know, a lot of people see that and might be like, oh, it's just kind of, like, copying every game mechanic. And I was a little cynical about that, too. I'm like, okay, this is just taking a lot of different game mechanics. Like, I hope it's, like, good on its own merit. Um, and its whole, I guess, sort of defining feature is based off New Caledonia or something, which is like a small little island next to Australia. Uh, it's not exactly that region of the world is like inspired by it. Um, and I guess I just want to bring more attention to that location in the world by, you know, bringing the culture in the game and like folklore and stuff. And um, I think they did a really good job. I was actually very surprised. I went into this with like kind of like low expectations. I'm like, OK, let, let's, let's see how good this is because it was free on places and extras. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, and yeah, it was just super charming and cute. Um, you know, the whole game really, uh, you know, focuses on like, you know, making you learn about this region of the world, like the culture and like what they eat, uh, more again, like the folklore stuff when it gets more to the end game, when you fight like the evil God people, which I guess is based off their like culture and stuff. Uh, it's just really cool. And like, just the game itself is just like in a nice stylized graphics, kind of really Wind Waker-y looking um, and again, like I said, all the gameplay mechanics are very based off like Breath of the Wild. You know, you have your, you could climb any surface. Um, you have your paraglider you can use anywhere. Uh, and then it uses the Mario Odyssey thing where you could possess uh, any animal you see. And you could also possess like inanimate objects. So you could sort of like, sort of like prop hunt where you could kind of like <laughs> go into a box and just kind of walk around as a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all these things aren't as good as the Source games, obviously. But I think... It's very impressive what they did for an indie game, especially it's made by, like, what, like, I think 12 people it was made by. Um, and the whole time, I'm like, man, this looks, like, really good for a, a, such a small team. And the mechanics are, like, a lot more complex than they should be. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is... I was just really impressed the whole time. And, you know, I think the story was really cute. Um, the game, uh, it, you know, it, it looks like it's for kids, but there's some, like, weirdly dark stuff in it. it it's more like, a, I guess, like a what you call it, like a fairy tale right where those mm-hmm. stories are like yeah they're for kids but they're kind of like dark it's kind of like that and uh, i kind of like that you know people get like their arms cut off and shit like jesus <laughs> <It's>, like, <laughs> blood and shit i'm like i didn't expect that because it's such a cute looking game but yeah honestly it's just a really good just chill open world game you can learn about a different culture uh i think it looks great uh it's really sad that this game made by 12 indie people looks way better than scarlet and violet like jesus <laughs> But yeah, I think they did a great job just doing the open world, uh, exploring this uh, culture. The story was really cute. Uh, I just ended up really liking it a lot. Uh, if you have PlayStation, it's on. It's on there for free for the extra tier, uh, and I think it's on Epic Game Store. Not yes. on Steam yet. It's on so, Epic yeah. right now. Uh, I'm sure they cut a deal with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they probably have a deal. Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
Honestly, yeah, it's just very impressive. You're looking for just a chill open world, maybe before Zelda comes out. And I'll say, this when I watched the direct of Zelda, it made me want to play this because I could use like a Zelda adjacent right now. So um, mm-hmm. that's kind of why I played it. But yeah, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, I, I, I do have one complaint with it though. It, it, the game has combat and is not good. <laughs> so, um, and it, that's not really an issue to like the last half of the game. Like, most of it, you're just exploring, you know, you're meeting all these characters, it's really cute and stuff. And then towards the end, when the, you know, sort of, like, rising action is happening, they want you to destroy a lot of, like, enemy base camps and shit. And the way you do that is, she doesn't actually have, like, an attack button. Uh, to kill the enemies, you have to set them on fire and shit, because they're, like, they're not actual people. They're, like, these, like, fabric monster things. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, prop hunt your way into, like, an explosive item and, like, yeet yourself at them. And it gets really old really fast because there's just not a lot of, like, depth there. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. just do that all the time. So, by the end, they want you to do that a lot, and it, it kind of drags the game down. Like, it kind of goes from, like, a 9, like, I'm really enjoying myself, to, like, an 8, just because it, it acts as a lot of combat at the end. But, um, yeah, besides that, I think the game is great. Uh, I definitely think it's worth a shot. I actually don't know how much it is because I got it's it for free. $30. I think it's, like, 30 yes. Yeah, it sounds like $30, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of content to do if you want 100% it. And, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's really good. Um, next, uh, I guess I'll talk about the other indie game I've been playing, Gunfire Reborn. So, all right, this was a roguelike that came out, like, three years ago. I bought an early access, and I really liked it, but then I just kind of stopped because I like to do that. When I play <laughs> in early access, I just like to play it maybe for an hour or two. I get the gist, and, you know, I, I like to give developers, like, my money if I think the idea is cool enough. So, um, basically, it's just a first-person roguelike that's, like, heavily inspired by Borderlands. So a lot of the mechanics are straight from that game. So like you have like the three elemental types, fire, acid, and like electric, just like Borderlands. And you know you do the thing where uh, you know fire is good against red health bar enemies, and then corrosion is good against armor. And you have a bunch of different weapons or modifiers. You know it's very Diablo, just like as a roguelite. Uh, and it has a really cool sort of Chinese aesthetic since the developers are Chinese. So like all the character designs are really cute. They're all like little furry animal people. Uh, all the enemies are like based off like Chinese folklore and stuff. I think the aesthetic is just really cool, and uh, just the gunplay is just really fun. Like, um, you know, you just pick up all these different weapons. You can synergize with all the different uh, abilities you could get. You can make some insane builds, and I've been very addicted to it. Um, <laughs> and what I really like about roguelites, which I feel like a lot of modern roguelites don't do too well. Uh, even though like, I love games like Hades and Returnal, but I do feel like they're they're too polished to a point where it doesn't mm-hmm. let you break the game in half. Like. You know, I still think Isaac is the best roguelite I've played. Same thing with Gungeon, just because those games let you break the game. And it should. Like, if you're getting a really good build, I should be able to one-shot a boss, you know? Like, I feel like that's what I've been working up to, and it's, like, really fun. This game lets you do that. Like, I, I just had a run, like, yesterday that I just, like, one shot the final boss because my build was so good, and it feels so good. Like, I feel like so many roguelites nowadays just don't let you do that anymore, and I feel like that's... For me, I feel like that's the spirit of a roguelite. Like, obviously, like, they're supposed to be hard and stuff, but if you get something really good going, then, like, you should be able to just steamroll everything. And this game gets that, and I love that. Uh, It's been a while since I played a roguelite that really understood that. That isn't, like, Isaac. So, yeah, it was a really good time. Um, The game looks great. Uh, I'm pretty sure they copy some animations from other games, though. (laughs) So there's a gun that's literally Zarya's gun. Like, it shoots Graviton. Mm. And you could like you you charge it like this like she has the same reload. I'm like oh that's a little copyright infringement, but hey the game is really good so that's fine. Uh, but yeah I, I I'm really enjoying it and I'm hoping to play more of that. And last I have the Fire Emblem Engage DLC. I played like half of this so far. Uh, it's the Fell Xenolog DLC like basically like the big story DLC for Fire Emblem Engage. 
Uh, and yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I don't think it's as good as Cinder Shadows from Three Houses, which was the story DLC for that game. It's a lot less involved. Uh, obviously, like the story is just weaker in general, just because Engage has a weaker story than Three Houses. So I don't like care as much to know more about the world. But it, it's still interesting, like where it's going. Like I hit a point where I was like, oh, okay, they're doing some interesting stuff here. Um, and even like the maps haven't been too hard. Like I just put the I, I played through Engage and Three Houses on hard. Uh, then I went through Cinder Shadows, which is the Three Houses DLC on hard, and got my ass kicked because the DLC was so hard, so I had to put it on normal. This game, I didn't want to relive that mistake, so I put it on normal because uh, Engage itself was pretty hard. Um, so I just put this DLC on normal, but it's actually been really easy, which is weird because Cinder Shadows was so hard. So I guess they're like, all right, we'll make this DLC easy. So yeah, that's weird. But as a result, the, the maps in the DLC hasn't been too interesting so far. Like, there's just been pretty normal Fire Emblem maps. Which is kind of disappointing because yeah, I think Cinder Shadows and just all of Fire Emblem Engage had really good like maps and stuff. Uh, right now, these have been pretty straightforward. Just kill the enemy commander and just go up to them and stuff. So uh, hopefully the maps get more interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot less substantial than Cinder Shadows was. But it, it's still a good time. I'm pretty sure the DLC itself was cheaper as well, but I, I can't remember. Uh, but more Fire Emblem is always good. So I, I guess I'll talk about more next <laughs> week when I actually finish it. So yeah. All right, so I forgot to talk about this show last time, but I finished You Season 4. This is a show that I have talked about numerous times uh, on here, but if you guys don't know what it is, it is a Netflix series about this guy who pretty much is trying to find the one, and he does anything and everything to make sure that that person loves them, uh, including killing people. So that's pretty much like the big thing of the show. Uh, It's been going on for a little too long, in my opinion, but honestly, Season 4 has really delivered a lot higher than i really expected especially since because i feel like the series is is running out of juice and they confirmed the next season is the last uh but for this one he is now in europe i believe london to be more specific and uh he has someone stalking him that's like the whole i guess like big twist of it instead of him stalking someone else and sort of trying to get them you know figuring them out now someone is watching him and sort of figuring him out and watching over his shoulder so they released this show in two parts, uh, which is obviously something new for Netflix, and I think it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch it during those like windows. I sort of just watched everything once everything was out. But I can see where they were going with the whole two-part thing, because once the fucking twist hits, it's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Because it, it can be a little confusing, but at the same time, I'm like, this shit is crazy and insane. And I think the show does the best in its ability to really explain what the hell is going on here. Um, some of the elements from season three do come back, uh, but obviously it's kind of hard for me to talk about the show without really spoiling anything, but uh, I'm not sure if our audience really cares about that, but just in case if you do, um, you know, you season four is definitely one of the better seasons, definitely better than season three because I've rewatched season three with my girlfriend because she has never watched, uh, any of you. And I was just like, all right, we're going to watch everything before season four comes out. So, um, season three is definitely not as strong as I would like it to be, especially since, because there's a lot going on within that season. But I think season four was a good change of pace. Uh, all things considered, uh, I watched John wick chapter four as well. Just uh, real quick, fuck the people that were sitting next to us that were straight up having a fucking conversation. Like, they just kept <laughs> having to make comments and shit about the movie. And I was just like, yo, if they were sitting anywhere else, even then we would probably still hear them. But the fact that they were sitting right next to us was so annoying. And it was in Dobley Cinema where it's fucking loud. 
So the fact that we can hear them making comments and making jokes and shit, I'm like, yo, you two are fucking diabolical. And you're the reason why people (laughs) don't go to theaters anymore. Uh, But I still think that the movie theater experience is still worth going to. And I'll talk about more of that when I talk about the Mario movie. But anyways, John Wick 4, it's really, really good. I'm not sure if it's the best just because John Wick 1 was like perfect on like all standards in terms of like story, action, pieces, etc. But I feel like this one elevates at all of that in a sense like the the story is very much engaging with you because of literally everything within these movies happens within like one after another so there's like no time jumps or anything i think this all happens within like a week or some shit i could be wrong (laughs) but i know that like everything that happens from beginning up until the end of john wick 4 is all happening in real time in a sense um but yeah this movie incorporates a lot more like martial arts stuff and not just like you know shooting gun pew 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 kind of thing uh because john wick 3 really did like elevate the gunplay in a sense because there was like scenes with like shotguns and shit like that but like this movie there was a scene with like uh nunchucks and just like hand-to-hand combat and shit like that and uh because matrix (laughs) (laughs) people are gonna talk about the uh staircase sequence because that one was really really cool to see um, as well and this one I believe is the longest John Wick movie which can feel a little tiring but at the same time like as I was watching it I was like oh shit this is not over yet like we're still fucking going which is like pretty cool um, but yeah you know John Wick chapter 4 if you haven't seen it yet and you've watched the other ones definitely go out and see it but uh, if you like Damien and haven't seen a, a lot of these movies watch them yeah I really have to like I've been I've been meaning to I've seen only the first one so, so mm-hmm. I didn't watch all these now <laughs> yeah i think i don't know why they, i think uh two and three recently left hbo but uh you can Fuck. buy the, the uh, blu-rays if you want because they're like really really cheap you know okay, like that's fair five ten bucks each or whatever uh but yeah moving on from there i saw the mario movie the other night and yeah it was really good i obviously don't want to spoil it spoil it for damien yeah we'll talk about it. next <laughs> podcast i i want to see it this week but my brother was doing stuff so i'm like okay we'll do it next week so no worries no worries but uh yeah, it's really good. Um, I think that the critic score definitely had a lot of people hesitant on it. Be like, oh, fuck, it's a, it's a rotten score. And then, obviously, the audience score came out, and it was very, very high. I've seen that before with uh, Rides of Skywalker, and uh, the, the critics were right on that one. But the critics were wrong on this movie because I think that, uh, just to, like sum it up from like the article that I wrote last night, Like, if you are a fan of Mario in any capacity, whether it's the Mario Kart games his platformer games whatever like if you have any history or experience with the mario games and you have an interest within mario go and see this movie in theaters and i know it's coming out on digital within like 30 days or something like that yeah that's don't, crazy <laughs> don't watch it like that if you can because i think the movie theater experience was a lot of fun for me even though like the fucking kids next to me were like pointing out every single like reference and everything that was like going on uh you know it's fun to see them being as excited as I am to see like, oh shit, that's in the movie. Oh shit, that's that's a reference to this thing. And like, it's not just Mario references either. Obviously, Nintendo recognizes that, you know, people that like Mario also like their other shit. So there's going to be other things in there to appease us as as uh, Nintendo fans. So I think that that was like a big thing. And uh, the performances all around were really, really, really good. Even Chris Pratt's Mario. I think that a lot of people gave him shit. And honestly, I think a lot of the things that they showed within the trailers were like the worst takes of his Mario. But when you actually see the movie and see him perform in that character, I think that it worked fine. Uh, everyone else from uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Seth Rogen, 
Jack Black as Bowser is like obviously like the standout performance, and I think a lot of people recognize that just from like his his red carpet appearance with the whole jacket with the yeah. with the uh, the uh, spikes on it and everything like that. Like he's very very excited to play this character, and it, and it shows within the movie. But yeah, I mean like it's gonna be a fun time all around, and I cannot wait to see what else they do for the future Nintendo Illumination sort of projects. Yeah, it's actually crazy that Illumination made a good movie because <laughs> i mean i like the book of one and i think that was about it so like yeah my expectations are pretty low until like they actually start showing stuff for this movie so i'm happy to hear that everyone's really liking it um yeah i'm sure i'll enjoy myself too gonna watch it on uh no the big screen because i you know I, I just feel like that's a thing i should do <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah i forgot that uh you know when you're seeing a 10 p.m showing uh especially that late like and it's a fucking mario movie a lot of people are gonna show up because when i yeah. booked my tickets it was it was packed but like i think the theater was like fully or or if not almost all sold out so i was like oh, okay like this is gonna be fun uh but yeah you know definitely a fun movie especially to see during this time during this weekend kind of thing if you can but you know obviously seeing it a week or two afterwards wouldn't be that bad either yeah, I'm trying try to, like, avoid most of the time. Like, i just seen everyone's <laughs> really liking it. I'm like, shit, like, I really need to watch it now. But, yeah, I will next week. Very excited for it. So, yeah. All right. So, now we will get into the general news. First, gaming and then entertainment slash pop culture. So, first, E3 2023 has been officially canceled. Uh, uh, with pretty much everyone pulling out of the event, there's no reason to have a show now. So, uh, pretty much the cornerstone of summer announcements and sort of a big gaming event as a whole every single year but ever since the COVID-19 pandemic happened and now pretty much every single company like I said pulled out and they're having their own digital events or even the Summer Games Fest is you know coming in as uh, uh, Mr. Keeley is taking <laughs> advantage of that but you know this is definitely a, a, a time and place within gaming history that people are going to forget about eventually and it sucks that you know, we are living within that time that we are not seeing it anymore. Yeah, it's actually, like, really crazy. I mean, I've always really liked E3. I know, like, a lot of people don't like it because, you know, uh, they always show you false trailers or it's really cringe and stuff. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I've always really enjoyed those moments and always look at them, like, really fondly. And it's kind of crazy to think, like, the last sort of, like, actual E3 was, like, what, 2019 at this point? Mm -hmm. And that was, like, the last traditional E3. And now it's just kind of gone. And I highly doubt E3 is coming back after this, like, at all. Like, you know, they're saying, that, oh, we'll be back. I, I doubt it. They, they said that, I think, last year, too. But then it also got canceled. And then this year, everyone just pulled out. So, yeah, I think E3 is probably just dead at this point. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sad. It's like kind of a it's a huge thing throughout the gaming world. You know, like this thing has always been here, you know, for the majority. I mean, the whole the whole of my life, you know, like mm -hmm. showing announcements during this time. And now that's kind of just gone. So, um, you know, what I'm hoping for the future is obviously Jeff Keighley's really happy about this. He's not really, like, <laughs> shy to admit. He's really, you know, happy that E3's dead because, you know, uh, Summer Game Fest could be more of a presence now. Uh, and, you know, I think he did a pretty good job last year. I think so, I think the Game Awards last year was actually really good. And the, the Summer Game Fest was, like, okay. So hopefully he kind of brings up Summer Game Fest to be basically the new E3. But uh, maybe instead of everyone having their own separate show... Um, it could all be in one big show and those companies don't have to feel pressure to show more than they really want to. Mm -hmm. Since, you know, I think the problem with a lot of E3 conferences was that sometimes some developer or some company just didn't have anything. So, like, they have one cool thing and then it's, like, 40 minutes of, like, filler. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe with Summer Game Fest, it'd be like, okay, Sony got like one big game, so they could put a trailer in there or something. Uh, obviously, everyone's probably going to do their own thing, which is, I, I kind of hate that because it's <laughs> annoying. But um, hopefully, they could get everyone under one thing because I, I think I just prefer that more. But um, yeah, either way, it, it's a really sad thing. Uh, hopefully, you know, if they do bring back E3, if it ever gets resurrected, they could treat everyone better because I know like the ESA is kind of assholes and stuff. So hopefully all that stuff can get sorted out. But yeah, it's still like a really big blow, I think, to just like the hype cycle and just like video game news in general, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're at the point in our lives where we could have attended E3 if it was yeah, happening. Dude. And now <laughs> that kind of sucks. we may never even get that chance to play all of these brand new games for the first time that thousands and millions of other people really want to and now we don't get to stand on that three-hour line to play zelda tears of the kingdom <laughs> um but yeah you know i think that this is definitely something that we are going to be shifting away from this is an era ending and will summer games fest sort of fill that hole who knows i mean i didn't watch it last year but you said that it was okay and i'm sure jeff Keeley knows that like the pressure is on now and mm-hmm. i do agree with the fact that the game awards was very enjoyable from a from a announcement perspective, you know, the amount of yeah. games that they were able to show off and sort of present during that event was pretty cool, along with, you know, just like celebrating video games and like what were the best games of that year, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we'll see what happens from here, uh, whether it comes out back or not. We'll see. It obviously all depends on all of these companies sort of participating in it. And I think that if one of them goes, they may all go. But you know, sort of same thing happened here where one of them pulled out and then slowly but surely the rest of them sort of disappeared. Yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens. I'm I'm sure summer is still going to be like a announcement months anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to be probably in June of like that one week. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I guess we have more news here. The Zelda Tears of the Kingdom gameplay demonstration. So we finally got like stuff about this game. So, you know, Nintendo has been very secretive about Tears Mm -hmm. of the Kingdom this whole time. Besides, oh, Link is in it, and you could free fall and stuff. That's cool. But, you know, a lot of people are getting really concerned that, oh, what's different about this game? Is it is it enough to justify it being $70 now and all that stuff? And this doesn't really get into, like, too much crazy, like, huge changes, I guess. But it does mm-hmm. get into a lot of gameplay mechanical stuff that I think is really cool. So uh, they basically teased a lot of new powers Link could do now. Uh, he can uh, build stuff with the fucking what is it called uh the power hand whatever it's called i forgot what it's <laughs> called yeah so you can make a bit like a vehicles and stuff and like by super gluing stuff together which uh, is yeah, really fuse. cool yeah f- well fuse is the other one a fuse he's able to combine two weapons together to make a different weapon and i think that's really cool because it kind of you know they were kind of playing into it like oh weapon degradation is still a thing and a lot of people hated that but this is basically acts like a silly repair mechanic where you mm-hmm. can repair that weapon, but you can also do something wacky with it. And that's a very Nintendo way to go about it. So um, that looks really cool as well. Like you, you being able to combine any weapon anywhere. I think that's really cool. The Ultra, uh, Ultra Hand is what it's called. Ultra Hand is also really cool because you're able to, you know, just make any vehicles you want and stuff. Uh, there's a couple other abilities like you're able to like kind of escape. Like, you're able to, like, I don't even know, it's, like, Ascension or whatever it's called. Yes. Yeah, you can, like, get out of caves <laughs> and, like, float up the whole fucking mountain. That's kind of cool as well. So, yeah, this game seems to be really leaning into the sandbox elements of Breath of the Wild. And I honestly, I think that's probably for the best since, you know, I think Breath of the Wild itself 
like, you know, it, it was going more into that direction anyway, so why not just help it more in that direction? Like, people in Breath of the Wild were, right, making these crazy things that you probably couldn't do, like, to begin with. So Nintendo's like, okay, let's make it easier for these people. And I think that's a cool way to sort of make it different from Breath of the Wild and any other Zelda in general. Um, though I am still, obviously I'm still getting the game, but I still would like to know <laughs> what exactly we're doing here. Like, you know, I want to see like, what's like, is there divine beasts? Is there shrines? Like what, what's the goal of this game? You know, I think the marketing for Breath of the Wild was pretty clear on what you were doing. Like, oh, it's an open world. You have like, you know, a bunch of different shrines and these, uh, the, the actual dungeons with the divine beasts you have to go up and stuff. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom hasn't really shown us any of that yet. And, um, and I'm speculating it's because Nintendo doesn't want to ruin a surprise or something. Because I, I, I highly doubt they don't have anything, right? Like, I highly doubt this is just it and they don't have anything. Um, everyone is suspecting there's, like, a huge underground of Hyrule. And that's, like, sort of the big, like, whoa, dude. Because um, mm-hmm. why else would they give that ability to, like, escape through, like, a cave, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, like, my kind of headcanon right there. But, um, yeah, from what they showed, I, I'm still really excited for the game. I think these are really cool things. Uh but yeah, I, I'm just excited just to play the game at this point. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this presentation was something that a lot of people were really waiting for, and I, this is the first like official gameplay reel that we've gotten of Tears of the Kingdom, which is crazy to say because we're only what a few months out from the game's release. Yeah, it's like a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is like absurd. And I think that the fact that there's still hype and excitement behind this game just shows. I guess the Nintendo quality, but just the amount of hype and excitement people have for a Breath of the Wild sequel. And the marketing for this game should be studied. Like, this shit is insane. The fact that they are able to not show anything for a majority of the game's presence, uh, sort of when it was announced as like a sequel to Breath of the Wild up until now, it's like people have been excited for this game. And the fact that it, the 10 minute presentation has only been out for. I think it's been out for maybe maybe a week now or so almost a week um or yeah wait hold up it's been over a week. Uh, anyways anyways, anyways yeah, I'm, fucking week, yeah. I'm fucking trolling i'm fucking it has six million views so like you know nintendo knows what they're doing they know that this game's going to be successful whether they like to show it or not and i think that they are afraid to show it i think that there was like an article or something of them uh, sort of being like, yeah, we don't know if we want to show everything. And, you know, that can backfire at them, but at the same time, it's like, people are going to buy this game either way. You even said it yourself, Damien. It's like, yeah, it's $70. Yeah. I'm going to still buy it, though. It's like, all right, yeah. yeah, see, like, they fucking know their audience. They know that people, no matter what they show, they can show literally nothing. They didn't even have to show this presentation. People would have still bought it anyways. Oh, yeah, would have <laughs> And would have got into it and been like, wait, what the fuck can I do? Holy shit, what is this view stuff? What is this ascent like oh my god there's so there's so many new things that you can do within this game because it is a sequel to breath of the wild and i think that this presentation is to show more or less that yeah this is a sequel we're not just like slapping it over again we're showing you why it took so long for us as nintendo to really get down and sort of get into the nitty-gritty of like what makes this game a sequel to breath of the wild and you know, I'm excited for it. I think that a lot of people are going to have fun with it. I've never finished Breath of the Wild because I'm just I'm just fucking terrible at 3D Zelda <laughs> games. Um, but I'm definitely going to give Tears of the Kingdom a shot because it seems like that they are doing a lot of cool and interesting things. I like pretty much every single new ability they have given Link. Um, it seems like something that they were sort of cooking in the back room per se. And they're like, okay, yeah, like this will make traversing 
the open world that is Hyrule or whatever the fuck this place is a lot easier and a lot more fun for the player. And I think that that is something that Nintendo has always been good at. You know, whenever they make something, whether it's a remake, a port, uh, a sequel like they always try to take the time to make sure that why are we doing this it's not for the money but it's more because there's more ideas here yeah and i you know i highly doubt like this game is going to be like a disappointment or anything mm-hmm. like, i feel like most of these other games are always going to be really i feel like the only exception was like skyward sword but that's because <laughs> that, you know I mean? at the end of like okay i think we exhausted our like ideas for a traditional 3d zelda game you know mm-hmm. this is only the second you know open world zelda game so i i really do feel like they have a lot of things cooking that we're not seeing yet and just don't want to ruin the surprise. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I- I'm all in for it. I- I'm ready to re-experience, like, this game again because when I played through Breath of the Wild for the first time, it was it was really great. You know, it was, like, a phenomenal game. So um, I'm very excited to go through the whole thing again and, like, just see all the little things, all the big things they changed. You know, I, th- I-, I trust... I trust in this game being good, so yeah, I'm ready to have a good time with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think all of these Sky Islands have people a little hesitant because of Skyward Sword, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey man, maybe there's a loft wing or something. Hey, like understandably <laughs> so to be a little hesitant, but um, yeah, you know, the game is set to release uh, sometime in July or something like that. Uh, no, it's coming out May. May? Oh fuck. Yeah, I, I believe it's just it comes out like next month. It's like it's early May. Oh yeah, May twelfth. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, we got Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. This is <laughs> yeah. the April Fool's game that they dropped. It was free. I believe it's pretty much just like a uh, a visual novel kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and you're just uh, trying to solve who murdered Sonic. Uh, it is it is on the Steam charts, and it is one of the highest rated games on the service, which is fucking crazy. Um. But yeah, just as like a joke game, the fact that they put so much effort and sort of fan service into it is awesome to see. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I definitely want to try it out once I'm finished with school. But yeah, it seems like that they put a lot of things that Sonic fans can enjoy. And obviously, just by judging by the Steam reviews and Word Online, it seems like that this is like a fun April Fool's game that is not canon to the Sonic lore, if you will. <laughs> honestly i when i love the family guy death pose that sonic is doing that's very funny but also um yeah i actually want to play this before the podcast but i, I couldn't get around to it i'll probably play it before the next one mm-hmm. uh but yeah I, I just from what i'm seeing you know i heard a lot of people saying the writing is really good uh the art looks really good as well like whoever did the art for this is like it looks really good um and it just seems to be like a lot of love and attention to the game for like no reason um apparently it was a lot of work uh to make this game apparently like i think someone on one of the devs on twitter said it was like you know it was a lot of work to put this thing together but they're very Mm -hmm. happy it came out very well and um yeah hopefully like they can make more of these because i think this is a cool way to sort of experience sonic in a different way because you know i I know a lot of the uh the comics has some good stuff in there so -hmm. maybe they could like you know maybe make them into some visual novels or something. I think that'd be a cool way to get, like, extra story out of Sonic, you know? I know he's more of an action platformer series, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people like him for his story and stuff. You know, I, I like the characters, so I think it's a cool way to sort of inject more story into, you know, just Sonic, I guess. And, yeah, it's just a really cute thing. A lot more effort than I had any right to have, but um, <laughs> I'm really I'm really happy that it ended up good because, uh, yeah, this is probably the best-reviewed Sonic game on Steam as well, <laughs> so that's very funny. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, just like with every other, I guess, like mini Sonic project, this is all fan 
fan done in a sense. You know, they hired yeah. a bunch of fans uh, online to do this game and they all worked together to make it happen. And I'm glad that it turned out the way it did because it seems like that a lot of people are enjoying it. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to try this out before next podcast because um, it, it does look really, like, really cute. So I, I definitely <laughs> want to give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try then too. <laughs> All right, so next we got not-so-fun stuff. So Jonathan Majors, who was in Creed uh, 3, and obviously he's Kang in the new Marvel stuff, uh, he was arrested for allegedly uh, assaulting a woman. Uh, but that might not be true. So there's been some developments here. I don't know if we actually talked about it. No, I think this happened. Like this all happened really fast. This all happened, I think, right after we did the last episode or something like that. So, so yeah, basically, um, Jonathan Majors apparently saw a woman, and you know, this woman said that he like strangled her or something and caused. Oh no, no, yeah, hold on, yeah, he like he caused a lacerations behind her ear and stuff, uh, causing bruising and like pain and stuff. And then the cops came in and arrested him right away, apparently because it's, like, police protocol to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, the woman texted him saying, like, yeah, I, that didn't happen or something. And, like, all charges should be dropped against you. And I'm really sorry this happened. So um, it's a very confusing thing that's happening right now. Uh, it could be that maybe she was hysterical and then maybe he tried to stop her. Apparently that's his side of the story. And now she's, like, collaborating with it. So apparently that's what's been going on. But then some other interesting stuff happened on Twitter where some like actors or directors or writers or whatever were like, yeah, this guy's always been an asshole and stuff. And he's kind of like a psychopath, Jonathan Majors. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of like a lot of just he said, she said stuff at the moment. So it's been kind of <laughs> kind of confusing right now. So um, as of right now, we don't really know what's really happening besides what we see here. So, yeah, apparently like now the woman's saying that he is innocent and Jonathan Majors obviously saying he's innocent. So that's basically where we're at right now yeah i mean uh, at the end of the day it seems like he put his hands on this woman and uh caused some damage uh and it seems like that the woman uh whether this was a girlfriend or someone that he was seeing uh, is trying to not end his life in a sense or end his career uh and trying to sort of backpedal on everything that has happened uh so yeah i mean this has happened before i believe uh uh, the actor that played uh, Thanos, uh, he he had some sort of uh, assault allegations or something like that. Maybe not allegation, but I believe there was a thing that involved assault with his wife in like 2004 or something like that. And then uh, she also sort of like backtracked and sort of wanted those charges dropped and didn't want it to escalate that far. Uh, but obviously that was so long ago, I think most people forgot or didn't even know about that stuff when, you know, he, he, he made his appearance within the MCU and everything. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it seems like, uh, he did, he did this bad thing, uh, because I know that Michael B. Jordan, he posted photos of the behind the, the scenes stuff and he's been very much like having like a brother relationship with him. But ever since this stuff has come out, he was not in any of those photos on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, um, whether he is canceled or not, we'll have to wait and see. I know that, uh, people are, you know, wondering oh, what's going to happen to him within the MCU because he is like sort of like the big pivotal villain that they're sort of like yeah. centering around. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily want to see him in in other things, but I think that um, if sort of all sides come out and sort of the story, you know, the truth of the story comes out that he is not guilty, you know, I'll, I'll still be 
a little wary of him because it does seem like that from the he said she said thing of like people within the within the industry to be like yo how did this guy even get up to this far within hollywood to, to make his stardom when like they've known that he has been you know having this sort of behavior for all this time so um you know we don't know what's gonna happen with him uh because this story is still developing and you know people online obviously have a opinion on this but um yeah i think that uh he i'm thinking he did it 100 yeah, percent. like and, that's been a, yeah like you know a lot of people were saying like a lot of those like people behind the scenes were saying he's kind of like a like a psycho and stuff and you know it probably will only get worse the more he's like you know because he's kind of he's pretty new to like the big screen and stuff right mm-hmm. like he just started his career basically and this stuff just happened now but like, i do feel like if it is ignored and we see it again then it definitely isn't like a coincidence at that point like maybe he is just a violent person and stuff again like i don't really know but like he probably did do it um and honestly for the mcu stuff they could probably just recast him because this is a multiverse <laughs> stuff anyway i know some people saying they already showed all his multiverse like variants in the end of Quantumania, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. They could just recast. They, they recasted War Machine. Like, it, it's fine. <laughs> they could probably just, they could probably just recast and be like, hey, it's just multiverse shenanigans, whatever. Um, and I know every other multiverse thing we see, like, sometimes they look the same, but, like, that's also not the case in Loki or in Spider-Man when they have different people that look like different things, but so, mm-hmm. it, it's fine. It's it's fine. Like, honestly, it's, like, the perfect villain to recast just because it's multiverse stuff, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that, but, yeah, hopefully everyone involved is okay with this um i guess we'll find out sooner rather than later once you know investigations go out even if he's not guilty for this like it could very well lead to like further like investigations and stuff so uh i guess we'll keep an eye out on this and see how things will develop in you know terms of the mcu and stuff (laughs) so yeah yeah uh moving on from there we got the scott pilgrim anime has been confirmed uh, yeah, and the entire cast will be from the movie. They are all returning to voice their respective character, which is pretty cool. I think that, uh, you know, Scott Pilgrim has had a big resurgence as of late, uh, just because people are watching the movie on Netflix or whatever, and people are playing the game and sort of, you know, rediscovering what Scott Pilgrim is. So it's cool to see that they are making this anime adaptation. And on top of that, they are bringing back the entire original cast to voice their characters. So that should be fun. Um, I hope that uh, this project does well because I know that, uh, what's it called? The creator was sort of uh, hesitant when when it, it all like got leaked a few months back. He was like, oh, fuck, oh, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are excited for this. I'm excited for this. I cannot wait to see how it all turns out. Uh, I think that uh, they hired a actual like anime studio to work on this. So yeah, I think uh, it's the people who made Double Man Crybaby. I think <laughs> I possibly. Think. Yeah. Uh, I, all I know is that they hired like an actual like anime studio to yeah, really it's an actual work on Japanese. this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that should be fun. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this. Like I've always really liked the art style of like the graphic novels and stuff. And obviously, I love the movie and the game and stuff. But you know, obviously the movie, you know, skipped out on a lot of stuff because it's a movie. And I think they did a great job for, like, you know, for a movie. Like, that's just how much you could do in it. So I, I think, like, an actual animated series would be great if they actually go through, like, either all the source material or if they just do their own thing, that's also fine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I feel like every Scott Pilgrim 
like media thing has been pretty different from each other like from the graphic novel to the movie to the game like they've all been pretty like yeah you can just enjoy them for what they are so i I think this anime might end up being the same thing where it's like sort of its own thing which is also fine um honestly like i've always been so excited for like an anime series for the show since it did like that one-off adult swim sort of prequel thing to advertise the movie i'm like yo Mm -hmm. that's sick they should do a like a like a whole cartoon like that and then they are but it's like an anime so um yeah i have i am very excited for this um hopefully it ends up great i mean all the, i think all the scott program media that's come out has been really good so uh hopefully one hopefully just doesn't disappoint either so yeah very excited for this uh it's really cool to see like a lot of studios like kind of uh i guess re- like lean into anime more obviously with cyberpunk i thought was fantastic so now seeing this also gain like sort of like an ad like an anime type of thing mm-hmm. is also really cool so you could nominate this for anime of the year if you want <laughs> <laughs> so like le- le- legit because it's, it's made by an anime studio so yeah really cool i'm very excited for it yeah i wonder how the uh, japanese dub's gonna be because that'll be fun that that will be weird, right? Like I, I that it probably have. Like, I mean, Japanese dubs always pretty good. Like I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like honest. Like I can't really tell the difference between a lot of Japanese voices. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of bad, but when I hear they, they always sound good, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, they, I don't think they usually sound bad. But I also can't really tell the difference because I, I don't speak Japanese. I just like, oh yeah, that sounds good. So yeah. <laughs> um. All right, but uh, speaking of things that are really fucking sick, uh, Spider-Man Across <laughs> the Spider-Verse, the second trailer came out, and it looks really, really good. I'm very excited for this. Um, you know, I, th- I think these trailers have been really good because it doesn't really give too, too much away. Like, you know, it's still showing us that Miles is kind of like, you know, on the run from all the other Spider-Men, all the mm-hmm. other Spider-People. And, uh, you know, that's about it. Obviously, we get more things about him, like what, what it means to be Spider-Man. And we kind of get the gist that maybe they're mad at him because... For various reasons, <laughs> um, you know, one everyone keeps joking like, "Oh, he has parents." Like he, yeah. he is not a Spider Man, so that's probably it. Um, I also like the idea that he was never meant to be a Spider Man because his spider came from a different like dimension and stuff. So maybe it's like some weird like time paradox thing. I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting things the story could go with, um, and obviously like the animation still looks amazing. It mm-hmm. looks like it's gonna have a lot of action, a lot of heart, just like the original movie did. Um, so yeah, it, it's honestly going through a lot to like pair up to the original Spider-Verse. Cause I think that movie is like a 10 out of 10, but, uh, I think they could do it and hopefully they can. Cause this trailer is, is really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw this trailer again when I was watching the Mario movie and I was like fucking cinema cinema. Yeah, dude, peak um, cinema. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I cannot wait for this movie and I think that the second trailer really is a lot better than the first. Cause now we have a better idea of what story that they're going with. And yeah, I think the, a pivotal part of these stories the fact that miles morales isn't supposed to be spider-man but i think also the fact that his parents or one of them is maybe likely gonna die i mean i've read the i've read the comics and i think that uh the first run that they did with miles morales after ultimate fallout 4 which was like his first ever appearance once they did his own solo series i think one of them or both of them died i forget exactly which what happened but (laughs) there are iterations of this character that we've seen where the father has died such as the uh spider-man 2018 video game you know and i think that if one of them has to perish or even a different character i know that there's a scene within this trailer in particular where gwen's falling and miles is sort of reaching out for her so god not again um i don't want to see that (laughs) i don't want to see that on the big screen again um but yeah i mean i think that this 
this movie really does have a good idea of what they're doing with the multiverse stuff and they have a lot of fluidity with the story and not having to go based on the comics and i think that that is very exciting for a lot of uh Spider-Man fans, especially myself, someone who has read a lot of Miles Morales' comics and seeing that this movie is really out there. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that has not really been in the comics before, obviously, because they're telling a brand new original story. I mean, the first thing being the fact that we say Mayday uh, is sort of Peter Parker's child. That's sort of like a big taboo within the Marvel edit. The Marvel editorials, apparently, from my uh, seeing on Twitter, they do not like having Peter being a father and sort of uh, sort of settling down. They always like to mess with the MJ Peter relationship, and also seeing uh, Scarlet Spider. I forget exactly his name, yeah. but yeah, there's just a lot of things within this trailer that's just like awesome and to like uh, root about. Uh, they mentioned the uh, MCU Spider-Man as 1999-999 or whatever. And I think that that was pretty cute because I know that Kevin Feige was like, it's uh, Earth's, uh, uh, fucking, Earth 616. Yeah, right? Stupid ass 616, but it's yeah. not. Honestly, it's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, so, he, he's, he's really adamant about it being Earth 616. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the community can turn on him and be like, no, it's uh, 1999, whatever the fuck. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait to see how this movie turns out because obviously I am very fucking excited for it. The moment tickets go on sale, I'm buying them shits. I don't mm-hmm. care if I don't care if uh, my friends are gonna want to see it with me. You, you better fucking hurry up. You better decide <laughs> quick before I, you know I, I buy all of the tickets because there's no way I'm sitting in the fucking front row where I have to like look up super high because I am. I'm not doing that. I almost had to do that for the Mario movie, but thankfully there were four seats for all of us to sit down. But um, yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, this trailer is so much better than the first, not to say that the first one was bad, but I, but this trailer really does give us a better idea of what's going on, and also some very good visuals and you know some sort of good nods that they're doing within the Spider-Man uh, multiverse. Yeah, I, I'm honestly just, I, I watched the trailer like three times, I'm like, I'm very excited <laughs> for it. Like, you don't understand how much I love the first Spider-Verse, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this, and hopefully it's good. I, I have every I have every hope that's going to be good, so yeah, very mm-hmm. excited for it. Yeah, and I know that uh, Sony and the team behind working this movie know how pivotal this movie needs to succeed for them to, you know, do well financially, because, you know, a lot of people are excited for this film, and I think that if uh, the critic score is not that high and then the audience score is not that high it's not gonna be good but i know that i uh, just from the trailers and everything that they're setting up it can't be right it can't be i hope i'm not I, in my I, words a few months yeah, from now <laughs> I, I really hope so because uh, you know animated you know i know spider-verse didn't make that much money compared to like the other live action spider-man probably just because it is animated mm-hmm. but um ho- hopefully this one is able to sell more than the first one did so oh yeah uh, i think uh I think 100% because when Spider-Verse came out it was like 2018, right? Or whatever. Yeah. And like yeah. and like during that time, you know, it was still like, oh, you know, animations for babies, but and then I think once it came on Netflix and a lot more people had the time to really sit down and watch this movie, the, it has honestly garnered a lot more fans and obviously people have played the Spider-Man video game, they played the Miles Morales game, so there's a lot more stuff to really pull from from the I guess like Spider-Man stuff. Um so I think that this movie will 100% outpace the first movie's box office in no time. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, so I'm pretty sure there's still a part one, right? Because it wasn't... It yeah. Like, yeah, so... 
I don't want to live in a world where like this ends, ends in a cliffhanger. So, <laughs> like, no, again, I didn't see. I didn't see the other one. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> not again. Yeah, I don't want to spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, no. Please don't do that to me. I know that uh, a, a lot of the like uh, toys and like packaging for this movie still has like part one on it because yeah. I saw the uh, the like. Uh, Marvel Legends figures and like on the packaging it still says part one which I'm sure it's because they were already printing them and already had that set, set in stone before everything sort of happened which I'm sure is why they are very adamant about the Flash coming out because they have all of these toy companies and everything like that you know with the merchandise and shit like that because you know you're, bring, you're bringing back Mike, uh, fucking Michael Keaton as Batman so you know there's a lot of potential for that sort of merchandise or whatever but I'm going on a tangent yeah <laughs> Uh, moving right. on from there, uh, we got more DC stuff. As I was mentioning, The Flash, we got Blue Beetle. Uh, so this is, I believe, the first step within James Gunn's uh, sort of DCU or something like that. All I know is that he's promoting this, and he did, and he did not promote Shazam Two. So this trailer was pretty cool. Um, you know, I know nothing about Blue Beetle, but just seeing that this is going to be a very much like Hispanic uh, cast and sort of Hispanic hero, uh, I think is going to be very very cool. Um, and I think just that, like me for real for <laughs> <laughs> and I think the story that it is setting up can be really fun as well you know because obviously uh, immigrant parents and sort of uh, families within that nature that I can also relate to you know family is very important so I think that th- that is going to be a huge part of it because the whole family's there when he gets the fucking suit so um, I'm sure that, that there's going to be a lot of fun moments but also a, a lot more serious moments in this so um, and hopefully that they're able to stick the landing because obviously a majority of people don't know who Blue Beetle is. So, so I honestly attribute DC for also, you know, having that little nice nod at the end to be like, Hey, look, here are the Blue Beetle comics that you can read, uh, yeah, whether cool. digitally or whatever, which I think Marvel and other companies should do as well, including, you know, Sony, you know, advertising the Spider-Man comics and everything like that, but that's Sony. So, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, look, here's a PS5 or whatever. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it looks really cool as well. It's very Marvel feeling. Like it, it doesn't feel like a DC thing at all. Um, you know, a lot more, um, I guess, comedy. A lot more colorful, not as serious mm-hmm. as like more of the, the Snyder stuff. Like I actually really like the direction. Obviously, because I like Marvel, but I, I, you know, I also like Shazam and stuff. So seeing it to be more like a bit more lighthearted and a little more funny, and like it feels something like James Gunn might have had a hand in. You know what I mean? So. Um, as like you know, I don't know anything about Blue Beetle either, so um, I think it's gonna be cool to like learn more about him. I think the suit's really cool. Um, you know, it, it's cool not to see it just be another like I guess Iron Man suit is like this weird like nano machine type thing. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, he also makes like Cloud's Buster Sword at the end, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's like an actual reference or not, but that looks sick. So um, yeah, it definitely looks like a different direction for this new DCU. Hopefully, one is like you know it, it takes itself seriously, but not like always has to stick up its ass like the uh, mm-hmm. the other DCU. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what what's going on here, how he's gonna set up events. Uh, obviously, I hope the movie itself is just good in general because you know I think that's also important, and I, th- I feel like. Uh, Marvel's kind of losing that where it's like, okay, we got to make the movies themselves really good too <laughs> instead of just connecting them and just that's the only thing that matters. So, um, yeah, hopefully the movie's just entertaining by itself. Hopefully this is a good hero. Uh, you know, hopefully I get invested into this new person because I am I am interested to see how James Gunn takes the DCU. So, uh, if this is the first step in that, hopefully it's a good... Well, I guess The Flash is, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like <laughs> the first the first sort of proper step because The Flash is going to, like, reboot everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. 
All right, so we got another trailer. There's another Marvel thing. Uh, Secret Invasion. Uh, this is the uh, Nick Fury sort of solo series where, you know, he's, yeah, the Secret Invasion. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot more serious, at least from the trailers. Um, I know a lot of the recent MCU trailers have been really good, honestly, but then they mm-hmm. come out and then it's just like, oh, okay. Like, Quantumania's trailer was, like, very serious. And then, it, you know, the movie itself is kind of wacky. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully this one keeps the tone. Uh, you know, I, I think it will. You know, it's been, a, I, it's been a bit since we had, like, a good sort of, like, spy ap- espionage Marvel thing. Like, I think the last one was, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's going to be nice to have another one of those. You know, I've always really liked the Captain America movies and stuff or things that have, like, you know, they have a hero, but they don't really have any powers and stuff. And this is really looking like to be like one of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously Samuel L. Jackson is great. <laughs> uh, Nick Fury is really cool. So um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see how this sort of shapes the rest of the MCU. And it, it just looks like it's going to be like a really fun sort of like spy type of show as well. So yeah. Yeah, I think that having another grounded series that isn't, you know, thwarted within all of this uh, multiverse magic stuff or whatever uh is gonna be good for the mcu especially since because it's kind of like a no-brainer to sort of stick near stick nick fury into his own show and just make it like a spy show kind of thing so uh it should work it should hopefully be as good as this trailer is showing us because uh the poster that they showed before the trailer dropped was cool in and of itself you know the marvel movies are they have a track record of making really shitty posters. So I'm glad that this one, you know, they made like a pretty cool one. And then on top of that, the trailer itself is pretty entertaining as well. So I hope that, you know, it all sticks to landing. Uh, obviously, the the uh, Disney Plus shows, they are sort of slowing them down a little bit, making sure that they are high quality and everything like that before they drop them down. Now that they've realized after a whole phase of dropping, you know, show one after another, and now it's like, okay, maybe we should like slow it down and actually make every single one stand out and make them good so people remember that hey you did watch the hawkeye show remember right you, you know <laughs> kind of thing so yeah. <laughs> um instead of just be like yeah you watched it but like what did you really get out of it kind of thing so mm-hmm. um i i hope that this show really does have a uh, a lasting impression if you will yeah i agree because you know like you said like the marvel shows have you know, you know, sometimes they, they start well, but I feel like they needed more time to cook and stuff. So hopefully them sort of delaying shows or making them just work out better. I think that's going to be the best in the long run. And honestly, like give a lot of these shows one more episode and they would have been like fine. I think <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, even that I still think most of the Marvel shows are like, you know, like a seven by default. Like, I usually think they're pretty, pretty entertaining in general. Um, but, you know, obviously a lot of our complaints are like, man, I wish it was like one or two more episodes. And I feel like that extra yeah. time to make an extra episode or like look at the script and be like, OK, we could take out this or whatever. Uh, I think that would benefit them a lot. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to this. Uh, you know, I know there's not too many Marvel shows coming out, which is a good thing. So uh, hopefully this one leaves a good impression, like you said. So, yeah. All right. So next up on the Disney Plus docket is the Ahsoka show. We finally have a teaser trailer for it because they are having the Star Wars celebration going on right now. So uh, this is the one trailer that they made public to us, um, which is the Ahsoka show, which is awesome. You know, I love Ahsoka as a character. I think that she is by far the standout addition in the Disney Plus uh, or not the Disney Plus, the Clone Wars show. Uh and having that character sort of get its own show and also be within the Mandalorian, having it all tied together, you know, it it's pretty cool. You know, I love 
uh, what they're doing with this show. It seems like uh, they are taking some elements from Rebels as well. So if you did watch Star Wars Rebels, I have not. Uh, it seems like uh, apparently they've recreated the final episode of Rebels within this show to give it more context Jesus. as to what's going on. So, yeah, uh, it, it seems like that they are pulling a lot of different elements from the different shows and everything that Ahsoka has really been in. So, yeah, I mean, I cannot wait for this show to come out. And it seems like that this that this is going to hopefully do the character justice because, you know, the Mandalorian season three has not been doing all that hot. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a little weird. Uh, you know, I think honestly, I feel like the star Wars shows are going through the same thing. The Marvel shows were going at, which is like, uh, now it feels like there's a lot of that. Well, Andor is like the exception, I guess, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, I feel like hopefully the show is good. Obviously I don't know what's really going on because I haven't watched Clone Wars or <laughs> rebels. So <laughs> I, I feel there's a lot of things happening and people are like, Whoa, dude, look at that. I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know. Cause I didn't watch those shows, <laughs> but I do like Ahsoka, you know, I like her character from the stuff I've seen her in. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll still watch it. Uh, but I just don't really understand what's, you know, hopefully they give you some context <laughs> of what's happening without having to watch all of like rebels or Clone Wars, which I still need to do regardless, but um, uh, you know, I won't be able to do that by the time August rolls around because it's a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, hopefully it's good because you know, like we alluded to, you know, Mandalorian season three has been, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been there. <laughs> so um, hopefully the, this show is good because Star Wars has always been such an uneven series in general. Like sometimes you get something really, really good. I'm like, why is this so good? Or you get something that's really mid and just like okay, so. Yeah, hopefully this is good for all the, you know, Ahsoka fans. She's very popular. So, um, yeah, hopefully she gets a good show because I know Obi-Wan, you know, he got his show was a little mid. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll see what happens with Boba Fett. So we'll see. When it's just the character's name, it hasn't been a great track record so far. So uh, (laughs) let's see how this one goes. (laughs) Yeah, and it seems like that they're also introducing some new characters that I may not have know of. Maybe they're new. Maybe they're not. Uh, all I know is that if they have different colored hair or different colored skin, they're from Rebels. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah so, that's what I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, if they're wearing something that I have not seen before, like the, I guess like the villain, he has like this like orange lightsaber. It, it may not be a lightsaber because someone was like, uh, why is why do why do the lightsabers look so bad? But I think that isn't a lightsaber. I think it's using some other bullshit or whatever uh, to make it look like a lightsaber. Anyways, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, hopefully that this show is able to give more Ahsoka because I think that that is just something that a lot of people love and really like about her character is that she is she's just cool. She's just cool. That's all I can really say. <laughs> yeah, she is cool. Uh, I forgot. All right, well. Daisy Ridley is coming back as Rey in a new Star Wars movie, <laughs> rebuilding the Jedi Order. So, um, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with her actress like that much. Like, you know, I, I, like no one should have a problem with any actor unless they do bad things. But, you know, if, if they play a character you don't like, then you're kind of just being like a loser about it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I don't get why people like just direct so much anger towards like the actual actor actresses like actually this happened mm-hmm. with ada wong in resident evil 4 remake where people didn't like her voice in that game and like they're harassed her until she like shut off all her social media like can we stop doing that because yeah. uh, i might see comments on twitter being like oh i hate this like i hate her and stuff but i don't know i feel like it's it 
you can redeem characters or write them better in future things. Obviously, that might not be the case and probably isn't the case. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you can still bring these characters back and make them into something good, you know? I mean, Ahsoka is a great example. Everyone hated Ahsoka when she first showed up. And now people love her because they, like, brought her back. They wrote her better in the actual series, you know? She makes mm-hmm. a bad first impression in, like, the actual Clone Wars movie. But, um, you know, they did a great job with her in, in future things. I, I feel like you could do the same thing with Rey if you write it well enough. Um, and I guess rebuilding the Jedi Order, that seems like a pretty natural way to, you know, keep continuing the series and stuff. I feel like that's a continuation everyone always wants to do in all these things. Oh, we have rebuilding the Jedi <laughs> Order, and then something bad happens. So, um, yeah, hopefully they're able to just write <laughs> something good and stuff, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, with the whole, like, Disney trilogy and those films that she starred in, you know, th- it wasn't her fault, you know? It was it was honestly Disney and sort of, like, the directors never really aligning with each other, a.k.a. J.J. Uh, Abrams and uh, Ryan Johnson. You know, obviously, Ryan Johnson came in and did The Last Jedi and did a fantastic job, honestly. Uh, I know that everything with Finn and the sort of Canto Bite stuff was not that great, and I think a lot of people can agree with that, but I think that when they criticize that film that hate for that section sort of bleeds into everything else when i don't think it's necessary i know they oh my god they 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 tarnish luke skywalker and all of this other shit but it's like that's just how his character was gonna go you know he he doesn't care for the jedi order and shit like that afterwards and everything that has happened so um i think that if they actually had a plan and sort of directed their directors in terms of like what they wanted the story to be because sort of you know ryan johnson sort of just like left it open it was like all right well shit you know if you're not gonna rehire me for this third movie then you're gonna retcon everything which is what they did within rise of skywalker which i fucking hate i hate the fact that they like retconned everything with from ray being a nobody into her being you know so and so all the jedi yeah <laughs> so yeah. i was just like okay like this is not cool either and then like you know they had uh fucking luke skywalker come back and you know sort of be like the uh character that all of the fans wanted but at the same time i'm like what the fuck is this shit you know like i don't i don't want it i don't want this shit you know um but yeah hopefully um if they do another retcon with raid that will be hilarious um but i hope that you know she is feeling welcomed back into the star wars world i hope that she doesn't feel as much pressure as she did when she had her own trilogy of movies to sort of carry and move through um i know that during the star wars celebration they sort of like broke down like i guess like star wars movies into like eras and shit like that which yeah i'm not gonna go into or whatever because that's like nerd shit anyways we're all nerds here i'm I'm fucking making jokes um but (laughs) Yeah, you know, I hope that uh, now that they have, like, you know, really good directors behind these Star Wars films that we can actually get really good Star Wars movies, you know, because um, I guess after the Disney trilogy and sort of after they set up Han Solo to go die, pretty much, because that movie bombed because they really didn't give it the support that it really needed, despite it being a pretty decent film about Han Solo's, you know, story and sort of how he became Han Solo and everything like that. Anyways, um, you know, I hope that these movies do well. You know, I don't I don't wish ill on anything Star Wars um, unless it's like really fucking bad. But at the same time, most things within Star Wars can be good. It's just that they always execute it improperly. So yeah. um, I hope that these new movies, uh, especially this one with uh, Daisy Ridley, ends up being pretty good because I know a lot of people really like her character, really, really like Rey. So... Um, hopefully yeah, I, that I, they do it justice. 
Yeah, I, I didn't mind. I, again, I'm, this comes from someone who's only watched Force Awakens, by the way. I've not watched Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I liked the character in that one. I still felt like Finn should have been like the main Jedi just because he was built up so much in that movie. And Bro, then he kind of got it. yoinked. They, fumb- they fumbled it so hard. <laughs> yeah, he got his lightsaber yoinked at the very end and just like raised like the main character, which is like fine. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like Finn had like a. I don't know. I just felt like what was the point of doing all that? <laughs> Yeah. If, if she was going to be the main character. I don't even have an issue with her being like the main character if they just built her up in Force Awakens, but yeah. she was kind of set up as just a side character in that uh, movie. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... That's I get. Oh, yeah, go on. I just think that, you know... John Boyega, he ain't he ain't ever coming back to the oh, Star Wars no, franchise. Hate, I was literally about to bring that up. Like he fucking hates Star Wars <laughs> and Disney and, in general. And if he does, that's like a miracle because yeah. like they did his character so fucking dirty really that did, like yeah. literally after the first movie, he literally did nothing else. Like he was sort of just like standing around and just like doing like all of these side quests and like they were like alluding to like he's like force sensitive and shit like that within the within the last movie but they never like actually fully went on that and like he has like 20 different like love interests right included and i'm just like what the fuck is going on with this character but you know that just goes back to the point of them not really thinking about this whole disney trilogy through you know they sort of just let jj do his thing let ryan johnson do his thing and then they were like all right jj you gotta like fix everything within one movie go like have fun and then he tried his best and ended up being dog shit so yeah, it just it was just very mishandled, and you know, hopefully they're able to fix something with this. I, I still think you should just step away entirely from all this, and maybe like jump way further in the future or something. Because I feel like this is arriving like a lost cost. But mm-hmm. if they want to keep doing things with Ray and like the the new whatever the order where whatever new order we're at <laughs> uh new jedi first order whatever then go ahead but i don't know i still feel like they should either like jump a million years ahead and like see like just have totally new characters new lore and stuff like just we should just step away from this stuff at this point like they i think they said they want to step away from skywalker stuff but whatever i guess we'll see how this goes <laughs> all yeah. right so next we got here is the first look at lady gaga as harley quinn in joker 2 there have been a bajillion just like different like set l- photos and like set videos like leaks or whatever but um this is the first one we've we've actually got a official look at and yeah she looks sad as hell <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've been seeing this used as a reaction to which is great <laughs> like, it's um, really good but yeah joker 2 is set to release october 4th 2024 and it's going to take place five years after the uh, or or the release date is actually five years after the original film's release date. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we don't know exactly how far it actually takes place uh, in between films. But yeah, I mean, this movie is going to be part of, I guess, like the DC other verse or whatever the fuck that they're calling it. So I'm glad that, you know, James Gunn is recognizing that, hey, you know, like this is like a pretty good, uh, I guess, like standalone like Joker story that actually worked out and they got Joaquin Phoenix to still do it and they got Lady Gaga. So fuck it. You know what? Keep it going. And it's going to be a musical. And I think that that is definitely the biggest glaring thing that a lot of people may not get get across especially if they aren't following the news for this movie and they're just gonna go into it like blind and be like all right what the fuck's going on like why are they singing and dancing and everything like that but i think that it can be a lot of fun and they obviously have the brains and the sort of genius behind there to really make it work out yeah i mean i I love joker one like i thought it was really good 
but you know, a lot of best things about those movie uh, about that movie was just how like eerie it was and like how I guess silent it is. Like just like it's very just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a musical is the total opposite of that. But it could still work. Like it could still be like maybe more chaotic and stuff. And you know, maybe the addition of Lady Gaga as like Harley Quinn, like it's gonna add a whole another dimension to the movie. That's like you know, it's still good, just different in a way. So that, at least that's what I'm hoping because. Yeah, moving it from just, you know, a standard, like, movie to the, a musical, that's insane. So it's, it's going to be um, interesting seeing how it plays out. And um, hopefully, you know, it won't feel too samey because, yeah, it's a fucking musical now. That's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to this. Um, you know, I hope they don't connect it to anything. Like, you know, I do still hope it's, like, its own thing, like James Gunn said. Like, you know, yeah, it's just going to be its own thing. It doesn't have to connect to the new Batman either. It could just be its own thing. I think that's fine. Even mm-hmm. if they do do that, which I highly doubt they will, um, I, I, I guess I hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> like if it does but yeah just as a standalone like sequel movie i'm i'm very excited for it because joker one i thought was great and if they could pull this off it's gonna be really really funny to see so yeah de- i'm definitely expecting a totally different tone from the first movie yeah all right so next last bit of news uh new harry potter adaptation for hbo max uh, is each season is going to be focusing on a different book. So, I mean, just like how the movies did it, you know, like, you know, each movie was a different book as well. Uh, J.K. Rowling uh, will be involved in the series and sure remains loyal to her original material, but will not run the show day to day. So she won't be like the showrunner or anything. Mm-hmm. So she's just sort of like counseling or whatever. So um, obviously there's been a big... <laughs> no, Harry Potter has been a big like hot spot in you know in terms of like you know uh, media and like Twitter and Reddit or whatever like it's been everywhere because you know the, the Hogwarts Legacy came out and you know we really talked about the whole thing if you know is it okay to enjoy a thing even though the creator is bad or whatever and you know we both kind of said like yeah you could enjoy the thing it's fine um, and you know I, I still like feel that way about Harry Potter in a sense where it's just like. Yeah, if you want to enjoy it, like, it's fine. Like, I don't think you should feel bad about yourself for being like, oh, yeah, I like the series as a kid and I still like it. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to watch the HBO series, you know, that that's fine. I don't think anyone should get that attacked by it. Unless it's, like, really <laughs> blatantly, like, oh, J.K. Rowling's, like, obviously she says she's going to be involved in it. So if you feel less, un- you know, uncomfortable about that, then that's totally fine as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's just good. <laughs> I mean, you know, HBO shows usually tend to be pretty damn good, so... Hopefully this could be a pretty good sort of like a recreation of the movies and stuff. Obviously, some people are saying this is unnecessary as well. Like we don't really need like another adaptations because you know uh, what's his fucking face as Harry Potter? Like he's too Daniel iconic. Radcliffe. Yeah, he's like too iconic as you know Harry Potter at this point. Like you can't recast him and things. I could see that. You know the the original movies are so ingrained in pop culture and stuff. It's hard to see those characters as anyone else but those like actors and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to have to try really hard to, like, recapture that same magic that the original, like, movies had. But, um, I don't know. There's a chance it could be better. It could flesh things out more. Uh, again, I'm saying this as I only watch one Harry Potter movie, so <laughs> I, I shouldn't really be talking. But, um, yeah, I, I, it, it could end up being better than the movies just because, you know, I think shows tend to just explore more things just because they have more time to do stuff, you know? Yeah, I think that... The unique perspective on the Harry Potter films themselves is that we got to see Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grant and the rest of the cast grow up as you were watching the movies. Like you yeah. saw them grow up, and that was insane to me when I was watching them uh, years and years ago for the first time and just seeing like all of these characters just like 
the actors just naturally growing up as I'm watching them. I'm like, holy shit, like this is kind of weird, you know? Like the first yeah. movie, fucking Daniel Radcliffe's a literal kid, and then by the end of it, he's a young adult. And I'm like, all right, like that's it's kind of cool. Were they able? Will they be able to do that within a HBO show? I doubt it because I think that the uh, production times are not going to be as long as each season in between. I feel like that you don't really want to delay in between yeah every single book every single season etc etc but like you said you know recasting the entire cast of harry potter is going to be crazy especially since because some of the actors that played these characters have died you know so it's like how are you supposed to one-up this person or sort of do their performance justice and then add a little bit of your own flavor when they're not even here anymore and and you know some people may want to step into may want to step into those shoes and others may not and i think that a lot of people are theorizing that she is coming up with this hbo show because of the actors that are you know iconic for 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 their harry potter roles daniel radcliffe emma watson etc or sort of you know coming out and being like yeah we don't agree with uh her you know transphobic remarks and shit like that so she's just like i right, fuck it i'm gonna just make a new hbo series and see how you like it and it's like yeah i do agree that this is not necessary this is not necessary because people still watch those old movies because they're kind of timeless in a sense, you yeah. know, whether you, you know, don't like certain films or whatever. I think that they're all like decent at best, you know, not, none of them. I would say that they're, it's, it's just straight up awful. I think that a lot of them are, are enjoyable to watch, especially if you are into like, you know, the wizardry and everything like that, that comes with Harry Potter. Um, now, you know, to those people that are sort of, you know, being hesitant on supporting it because J.K. Rowling is going to be involved with it to a certain extent. I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it, not because or partially because of her involvement, but also because I don't think that it's necessary. I don't think that this HBO show should even be a thing. You know, we consistently keep rebooting stuff and consistently keep going back to old territories and old IPs when we really should be recreating when we we really should be creating new things because i think that that's how the industry is going to keep thriving and that's how entertainment is going to continue to be entertainment because you know like fucking robocop didn't become robocop because there was a previous robocop kind of thing you know they made that movie because they were like all right well this is a cool concept fuck it let's do it and there's a reason why everything everywhere all at once sort of became like the movie of the award shows because it was really fucking good and it came from a original idea from the Daniels and you know if we keep going back to these old IPs and sort of recreating them you know for new audiences it's like to a certain extent you kind of have to stop yeah and that's sort of been a big issue with like you know I guess like media mm-hmm. like nowadays like a lot of things are getting rebooted remade and stuff and it hasn't been as many like I guess original things being made because uh, it's, it's interesting because during the early 2000s, you know, it was all about like adapting like books and stuff into things. And that worked. Like, I feel like we could still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt like it's easier to bank off like, oh, nostalgia and like just rebooting and remaking stuff. And again, I still stand by that. I think gaming is like the only time where remakes really work at all. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like movies and other things just don't work as well just because it's like, yeah, those things are kind of timeless. And you could just enjoy them for how they were. And games age a little worse than, like, movies and stuff because, you know, you have to, have to like, play them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, that's why, like, you know, the RE4 remake has been gaining so much praise because, yeah, it's just, like, it's RE4 just way better and, like, it's objectively better. 
um, I feel like movies can't really provide that same experience because, you know, it's always going to be those actors. You can't get that time back, you know? It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but, um, yeah, I do agree with you. And I guess we were going to talk about this, but, yeah, there are, like, you know, we're getting to the point where they're remaking movies from 2016 with Moana. We're not going to really talk about <laughs> it, but that's really dumb. and kind of shows, like, how far we're at, at this, like, remake train where we're remaking things that are not even a decade old at this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do agree that I think, like, like we should be maybe aiming for more maybe adaptations or just like straight up new ideas and stuff. But you know, as capitalism goes on, like it's more <laughs> risky to like take on new original ideas and like just rehash what we already have. So yeah, you know, if we want to blame anyone, just blame society and capitalism as it always is. <laughs> so, but yeah, either way, I do agree with you. It probably isn't that necessary, but it also doesn't help that J.K. Rowling did try to make something new with the Fantastic Beast and it sucked ass and no one cared. So that's probably why she's falling back to just Harry Potter again because it made her money. So that's probably the real reason this is happening. Uh, also, I guess it's just time to bank in the nostalgia of harry potter because it's old now so yeah <laughs> yeah and you know new sparked interest because of the hogwarts game and, and the game like yeah that. so yeah. uh but yeah you know another week another week of jk rowling and i guess doing the rock johnson being villains i don't know yep <laughs> like, well, like, you know the whole moana remake bullshit it's it's it is kind of crazy that like literally everyone on the internet was just like collectively like what the fuck this movie came out like five seconds ago i'm like yeah, yeah. that is that is hilarious because the movie did did come out recently like it's not even that old so the fact that they are sort of going back and sort of redoing it with Dwayne the rock johnson's you know starring in it obviously and him being the live action portrayal and everything like that is just like i see what your intentions are and i'm not down with it and i think <laughs> yeah. a lot of, a, a lot of other people on the internet feel the same way so yeah just very not necessary <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get into the last part of the show where we are going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. Uh, so these are going to be full spoiler discussions. We're probably just going to talk about both episodes willy-nilly. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, Damien. I, I was watching Episode 5 and I fucking fell asleep. That shit was so <laughs> boring. But um, I did have to rewatch the last part of it because my girlfriend was like, this shit is important. Again, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, and that was important because we did yeah. get to see uh, Moff Gideon sort of uh, escape his pod, apparently. Um, and also Bo-Katan sort of, I guess like what the overarching story is now for this Mandalorian show is going to be about Bo-Katan uh, trying to reunite the Mandalorians, which I think is a pretty cool concept, especially since because as her character is, you know, she she can walk both worlds as they put it, you know, with her helmet on or off uh, and sort of just reunite everyone, whether, you know, they are part of the way or not. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually did like episode five more than six. I mean, the pirate stuff was more just to have like action set pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, this is like the episode where we actually, yeah, like you said, we get the plot. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the plot now. So like, I, I mean, the very we're setting up in the previous episodes with the Mandalorian stuff and the New Republic stuff being like the New Republic is like not as like great as people think it was going to be and stuff and still bureaucracy and stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. see that in the beginning with the with the x-wing pilot guy so you know they're setting up that stuff same thing with the lady from that that episode from before like she's still there being sussy and stuff like she's obviously (laughs) involved in bringing moff gideon back so that's the whole thing happening there um then you know the whole pirate stuff is mostly just you know 
again, just to have action stuff. And if it's cool, I guess, you know, it's, it's always fun to see some action. But yeah, and then the actual plot is like, yes, Bo-Katan is going to be the one that reunites all the Mandalorians and stuff. Because like you said, she's able to take off her mask and she's also with the Creed and stuff now. So she's going to be the one that reunites all the uh, Mandalorians, which I guess makes more sense than than, you know, Mando doing it because he's not really, like, a people person to begin with. Yeah. Um, and, um, honestly, <laughs> episode six, the whole middle part isn't important at all. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> mostly the first five minutes and the last, like, five minutes are the most important part. Like, the middle part really doesn't matter at all. So, um, you know, at the end of that episode, uh, they, you know, they find the rest of her squad that, like, left her after she lost the Darksaber and, you know, Mando was just like, here, have the Darksaber, because technically you did earn it, like, by me getting my ass kicked when we were in Mandalore. So, here you go. So, now she is the rightful, like, I guess, ruler of Mandalore, and she's going to bring everyone together, which is cool. I mean, I do like Bo-Katan's character a lot in this show. Like, her and Mando, I think, are pretty fun to watch together. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I have been enjoying them, you know, just being together. I know it's always kind of an issue when a side character, you know, yeah, like, I guess when a side character star becomes, like, the main character, because she's, like, story, you know, stealing her, his, his thunder a bit, but, I don't know, I feel like they both work together pretty well, and they, they have, like, a shared respect, and both want the best for Mandalore, so I guess this makes sense at the end. I, I did wish Mando used the Darksaber more throughout the series, but, uh, I guess she just <laughs> has it now, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, now we can talk about, like, yeah, like, Jack Black is in this, and Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I mean... Uh, you know, just having celebrity cameos in uh, Star Wars is, is always funny. I think I think within any like uh, I guess like fantasy or just like TV show in general, when you have like, these, like Game of Thrones, yeah, <laughs> just like these like random celebrities just popping in, it's like whoa, what the fuck is going on here? You know, kind of thing. Um, especially since because that day I was gonna see the Mario movie afterwards, I was like, I'm getting Jack Black twice. Today. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, double Jack Black, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I think that they were fine, you know. Yeah, I think they were fine too. Yeah, they were just like you know the, the uh, rich couple, just you know being on the planet and, and everything. But um, you know, and setting up the whole like side quest with them being like, you know, we are reusing uh, battle droids to you know serve us, and now they're going rogue. So now you guys are gonna have to find out who's doing it. And it turns out it was the first person that they talked to when they were trying to figure out what the fuck yeah, was going Scooby-Doo on. Some Scooby Doo shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, some like Scooby Doo side side plot that was happening here. I was like, okay. Like, you know, the episode was cute. You know, it was fine. But it's like, I, you know, I I guess like from from everything that we've seen from season one, especially where it was like, you know, it was a lot more, I guess, like serious and a lot more grounded within the Star Wars and not as silly. But I know yeah. that, you know, once they realize that, oh, shit, we could print money with Baby Yoda. Now they're sort <laughs> yeah. of like, you know, going into that more aspect of them being like silly and cute and whatnot, which... I don't mind necessarily, but at the same time, I'm like, I do want a little bit more of like the serious stuff, which I'm sure we're going to get into hopefully before the season closes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to the uh, whole like dark savory thing with Mando, I'm sure that he just didn't use it because it's like not his style kind of thing, yeah. you know? Also like he just didn't know how to fucking use it. Like he was just not good at it. Yeah, he uh, was so, not. <laughs> you know, it going back to Bo-Katan is uh, pretty cool and I cannot wait to see what happens there. But, you know, overall, I'm sh- I'm sure, you know, most people have said this time and time again, but yeah, it is, it does feel very much like not a lot's happening within season three of Mandalorian, just because we've said this time and time again, you know, a lot of what happened between season two and season three happened within Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that if they actually flesh that out and actually spent more time on that, you know, two episode storyline, maybe flesh out to four episodes or maybe even five or whatever, that would have been like a pretty good like first half of Mandalorian season three. And then we could have gotten into this other stuff uh, maybe more slowly, maybe even faster. I don't know how that would work. But, you know, so far for season three, you know, it is picking up a little bit. It is getting better. But at the same time, you know, you can always wish for more in a sense because they're still showing us like all of these like mini side plots with like other things that they're setting up for later. And, you know, right now it doesn't feel important, but I hope that it does later on because, you know, I've watched shows in the past, excuse me, where like, you know, they show things and then they just never come back. (laughs) Yeah, I I just feel like the show's too afraid to like ever have like like more serious like talking. Like if the episode's mostly about like maybe like talking or whatever, like we always have to have like a silly like chase or action <laughs> sequence i feel like we don't need that like a lot of the time like i feel like if episode six was more focused on literally just bo katan reconnecting with her squad and maybe like doing a bunch of like more emotional shit i think that would have been a lot better because it actually matters for the plot because mm-hmm. a lot of this like you know the jack black Wizzle stuff didn't really matter at the end like it was it was fine like it was funny i like seeing battle droids again that's cool mm-hmm. but um you know it doesn't really matter at the end of the day kind of just feels like a waste of time same with the pirates i'm like why does this matter like the pirate yeah. stuff is just there to be an action set piece. Like, yeah, the, the other pirate guy ran away, and he's probably going to come back at some point, but who cares <laughs> about mm-hmm. that guy? Like, you know, like, I'm mostly I'm invested in the Mandalorian stuff, like, you know, reclaiming Mandalorian and all that, and I feel like it should be mostly focused on that and the New Republic. I feel like those should be the two major plot points instead of having these, like, weird detours. And I know, Mandal- you know, the Mandalorian show has always done that. They've always had detours, mm-hmm. but this episode felt very excessive in them. Like, I feel like... Um, the, I don't know. It just feels like it gets derailed. Like the whole plot gets derailed because of it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of annoying. So yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. the next two episodes just kind of focuses on the reclaiming a Mandalore bit. Uh, they don't have to do it all in like two episodes because that'd be too much, I think. But they probably will. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see how it goes. I, I still like Mando a lot. I still like. I think Bo-Katan has been great this season. You know, I've been enjoying both of them. You know, Baby Yoda is still cute, but maybe they did put the cuteness too high because like he's marketable. <laughs> But um, yeah, you know, I, I I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's still like you know, they could have cut out a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's 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 a lot of missed potential here. So I hope that you know they find some new direction within the upcoming episodes, if not seasons, uh, because you know they know they know that this is one of their most successful Disney Plus shows because they started with it and it, and it ended up being really really good because there were no real expectations for it. But now you know, especially after season two, after they introduced like the whole Luke Skywalker shit and everything like that, it's like, all right, well now there's like you know shit writing on this, so you know now now it feels important, which is like kind of hard to one up yourself, which it isn't impossible to do, but it does feel a huge task to do in and of itself so um let's see what happens within these next two episodes because i'm pretty sure that's it for this season and then we have to wait for however much longer until they don't advertise the show and they don't you know market it as well and mandalorian season four just drops randomly (laughs) yeah i honestly still feel like the the two Mandalorian episodes in Boba Fett are like better than all of season three so far. <laughs> like I, I definitely feel that way. But um I guess I guess we'll see where it goes. So yeah, it's definitely the weakest season so far, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I still enjoy it though. But yeah. Alright. Is there anything else you'd like to add, good sir? Uh no, that's everything. Alright, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and David Podcast episode one ten. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. See ya.